Hi everyone, my name is Matt Jarbo. Welcome to Milk Carton Mysteries. For another episode today, of course, is the last day of November 2020, November 30th. We're almost there. We're almost there. We made it through Thanksgiving. We got a couple weeks to go till Christmas. Then it's New Year's. Then it's 2021. And hopefully in 2021, a lot of us are going to be a lot safer. But in the meantime, in the meantime, I'm going to be here, hopefully, to entertain you with tales of the morbid, the depraved, the macabre <laughs> here on uh, on Milk Carton Mysteries. And today, my friends, is a doozy of an episode. This is an absolute doozy of an episode. We're going to be talking about the uh, mysterious death of not only Amethyst Killian out of uh, the south of southern United States, but uh, the uh, the Houston woman influencer Alexis uh, Sharkey, who went missing and has now been found demised. Uh, and of course, an update on the billionaire Canadian couple found dead in their home three years ago. Police are now saying, hey, guys, can we've possibly identified some people involved with this. Uh, so today on Milk Carton Mysteries, it's going to be a lot of fun. As always, if you haven't already, please head over to Instagram.com forward slash Milk Carton Cast. That is uh, my milk. That is my uh, my Instagram. We're doing okay on there over now. Right now, I think we're about 68 followers. I'm hoping. You know what? I'm, I said 500 the other day by the end of the year. I'd love to just hit 100. We're working on it. We're getting there. I'm very happy with it. And uh, maybe soon TikTok but I'm 38 years old and I don't quite know how I fit into that world. And that is the thing. I just want to be honest with you guys. That could be happening as well. Uh, but if you do like the show and you want to support it, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Matt Jarbo and uh, become a member today. There will be some live streams that will be coming up going over cold cases. And of course, if you, uh, if you happen to tune in yesterday or sorry, Saturday uh, to uh, milk carton mysteries, cold case Saturdays, you got yourself a nice little treat, a bonus episode where I covered uh, five current cold cases that happened throughout the week. So anyway, enough shilling, enough pimping, enough craziness. Uh, let's dive right into the episode, right into uh, Milk Carton Mysteries with this first story. This again, this is the big one. This is coming out of Houston. Alexis Sharkey missing. Newlywed woman vanishes in Houston, Texas. This is from a couple days ago. All right. People were looking for her a couple days ago. We've had a tragic turn of events today. But let's start back at the beginning. So her mother, Stacy Clark Robinald, says, please share this post. My daughter, Alexis Sharkey, is missing. No one has heard from her for over 24 hours, and the police are involved. She has lived in Houston, Texas since January, and that is where she was last seen. Please help us find her and bring her home safely. We are so very desperate. Now, her mom doesn't live in Houston. Her mom lives, I think, in Pennsylvania. And this actually is what uh, what her mom has to say about the whole thing. My daughter, um, 26-year-old daughter, uh, has been missing since Friday night. Uh, talking Wednesday, uh, plans for Christmas when she was going to make flights to come home. We just didn't finalize them yet. Uh, Thursday, missing each other. Happy Thanksgiving, missing each other. It was a busy day on her end and our end, and so it was just one of those in passing, you know, type yeah. of love you things. And then Friday, we just honestly just Friday got away. Busy day, and we never talked. And um, and then she went missing Friday night, and I have not seen her or heard from her since. We were notified on Saturday that she was missing by her husband. He called us up to let us know, 
And that's when, of course, any parent goes into full panic mode. Mm-hmm. And we've been ever since. She would not necessarily contact me every day. She's kind of got an independent flair. So I just let her, I let her live and we just communicate as needed and, and definitely do. Um, but she has a close knit group of friends and um, they've never known her to disappear. And I've never known her to not communicate when we reach out to her ever. She always has her phone with her and she always responds. And we have frantically been texting her and messaging and her and calling her. Um, Christmas last year, mm-hmm. we had plans to get together in April, COVID. We had plans to get together for Thanksgiving, COVID. And so um, I haven't seen her since Christmas. She is, um, she's got long, uh, kind of dirty blonde hair. Um, of course, I'm her mom, but I think she's beautiful. Um, she has blue eyes. Um, she has some unique um, placed tattoos. Uh, her last name is Sharky. So on her forearm, um, she has shark. And she has a rose and she has um, just some uh, scripture verses and just some different uh, tattoos that are tucked away that you don't notice unless, you know, she wears something where you can see them. Um, uh, she has a, a white Jeep Rubicon that she drives and... Um, I, I don't even know what to describe. Does she she have any nicknames she goes by? Yeah, I mean, just, you know, Alexis or Lex. If anybody has any knowledge or any idea, we would so greatly appreciate it. She is a smart, beautiful girl that has so much to offer. and we, We need to get her home. We need to find her. We miss her terribly. And that that one's hard to listen to. I'm not going to lie. Um, you can tell her mom is just distraught. Now that leads me to this next particular uh, facet of Alexis's life. Something I learned as I was doing my research is that she actually has a pretty active Instagram following of eighteen point six thousand. She uh, is a, a mentor. And she's an influencer, uh, does a lot of photo shoots, does a lot of traveling, things like that. She she's even really popular on uh, on TikTok, where uh, she's got uh, fifty five thousand followers, almost again. Her TikTok is very popular. Her Instagram is pretty popular, and a lot of people out there uh, know who she is. And so that to me got me thinking, especially when I found videos like this on her YouTube, kind of showcasing what she did. Hi, so like a week ago, Princess Polly reached out to me and they asked if I had ever tried their brand before. I haven't. They said, do you want to? I said, yes. And I'm going to share them with you. So I got these pieces to try out and I already tried them on um, because I wanted to be able to talk about them while I was holding them up. And here we go. Yeah, I just wanted to showcase that as being like she's, you know, an Instagram influencer, a YouTube influencer. She has a following. People know who she is. Companies want to work with her. Companies want to spend time building their brand with her brand. So that could put some kind of, I don't want to say target on her back, but it could, you know, bring out some weirdos. And and look, I'm, I'm a person who's been in this game for uh, a long time. I have been swatted. I have had handwritten death threats mailed to my house. I have been harassed. I understand what that is like. 
which is why when I was doing my research, this is where I pretty much went to. But I was still hoping that she, of course, would come home. As we've now learned, that is not the case with, a, with an updated post from her mother saying that it is uh, with deeply broken hearts that Mike and I want to let you all know that Lexi's body has been found. We cannot begin to thank you all for your love and your kind words you've extended to our family. Please, please give us time to grieve this incredible loss to our family and this world. We will miss you, love. Uh, and they, they do push the hashtag justice for Alexis, because at this point now, that is where things are. Trying to find what happened to her and who did it. So this is an updated news report. Naked woman found dead on side of road in West Houston. As if it already wasn't bad enough. As if it already wasn't terrible enough. The way they found her is just, it's sad. Now, uh, authorities are investigating after a city of Houston public works employee found a naked woman's body Saturday morning. Houston police detectives said that around 8 a.m. the employee was driving in the 1000 block of Red Ha near the Katy Freeway and Eldridge Parkway when they saw feet in the bushes. The woman, who was believed to be in her 20s, was found naked on the side of the road. Police say she had no visible injuries. Authorities believe her body was there overnight. The medical examiner will, of course, do a follow-up, and detectives will also check nearby businesses to see if they have any surveillance videos. And they're asking here, if you have any information, please contact the authorities uh, right away. And that, of course, is... Man, that's this absolutely, you know, it's, it's, it's tragic. This is a 26-year-old woman in the absolute prime of her life. A recently married, moved to Houston, active, online influencer, traveled the world, worked with brands. Why is she dead? That, of course, becomes a question on everyone's mind, especially if you've been following this case as it's been blowing up over the weekend. Because there's this exchange that was submitted uh, to a group that I'm in on Facebook, where the the red marker, if you're seeing this on the YouTube channel, is a friend of Alexis, uh, who says here that she was beautiful on the inside too. Thank you. Just pray for her family, and that we catch her crazy husband that did it. And the person responds back with, "Wait, so it was the husband?" Saying here, the friend says he has hurt her before, so I'm 99% positive. Now, we don't know any of that, to be fair, because this is the husband. This is taken from their Instagram. This is a TikTok that they did. Uh, she's 26. He's in his, uh, I think, late 40s. And a lot of people have obviously looked at him because in these situations, that's usually that's where the authorities look first. Let's be fair. So they've been looking into him. And there's been accusations that have been made from people who know her, but there's also been uh, defenders of his from within her friend group, from what I have seen as well. So unfortunately, since everyone likes to point fingers right off the bat, uh, her husband is not going to be having that great of a time. However, he does have uh, a lot of love for her. He put out on his uh, Facebook uh, just tonight, uh, my world, my everything. I'm so lost right now. My one, my only. And, you know, even her parents were saying that he was the one to first inform them. So if he had anything to do with this, I'd be, you know, I mean, he's he, he's taking a proactive approach to this. But that's not to say that, you know, in these situations there hasn't been uh, very something very similar. However, looking into him a little bit, 
uh, for Thomas James uh, Sharkey, we find out that he has had a little bit of run in with the law uh, in uh, Texas. And, uh, you know, he's got uh, a couple of warrants that were out at one point in time, mostly for failure to appear. Uh, nothing that I could see was was domestic abuse or anything. But then again, that information may not be available. But he does have a bit of a criminal record and people are going to use that to uh, to accuse him. And here's where it gets even more interesting is I found this at the very bottom of another article. Uh, on click to Houston, KPRC. The very last thing it says, and I can't find this anywhere else, but the very last thing it says is her mother said there was an argument and she left and didn't take her car. A police report had been filed by her friends and her husband had been notified. So the mom is saying that she had an argument and the article is alluding that it was to the husband. Other reports I've seen has uh, at least commentary that I've seen through some of the chatter has been. Well, she was with friends. I, and again, I have no idea. So I'm, I'm looking at this from what I can find with face value. So if there was an argument, she didn't take her car. She stormed out. Then they found her body naked and deceased. I'm just saying, like, you know, look. I, I have her, her Instagram and her TikTok profiles here on the page if you're watching this on YouTube. And the reason why is a woman like her draws a lot of attention with good reason. She seemed very bright. Uh, she's very attractive. She's very talented. And with that does come, unfortunately, the downside, which is the, the, the creepy obsessed types. And for right now, we don't know. We don't know what prompted her to go missing. We don't know what prompted her to die. We don't know anything. You know, I know a lot of people are blaming the husband. I think I'm not really going down that pathway just yet. I'm not saying he's not a suspect. He seems to be broken up over it, but I've, I've seen other stories where it's gone the other way. But right now I'm looking at all of this information. And I think that it might've had, there might've been a stalker, a creeper, you know, and he just happened to crime of opportunity stalking. I have no idea. And maybe I'm over speculating. But this is one of those scenarios where, you know, I've got two young girls, three-year-old and a one-year-old that are going to grow up with, with their dad being an online personality, which means they might want to get into it as well. So this kind of thing concerns me. And I'm just, if you guys know anything, contact the authorities. And if there's any major updates, I'll give you guys an update because this is a crazy story. And it's one that I think, uh, like many cases that I cover, smaller cases that I cover here on the, on the show, deserve to have... Uh, some some attention. And speaking of that, let's talk about this story. Uh, that this is tragic as all hell. This happened just the last, just over the weekend. A pregnant mom was found dead just one block from her home. This is a 22 year old woman, uh, 22 year old Missouri mother of two. Her name is Amethyst Killian or Ames, as she was known. Uh, she recently learned she was pregnant with her third child. She was actually five months pregnant at the time um, she went missing. And she was found dead in a wooded area near her home on Friday, according to St. Peter's police. Now, she was reported missing. This is where it gets weird. And this is what I really am having trouble with. So she was reported missing at about 8 p.m. on Thanksgiving night. On Thanksgiving night. By her family who said that they last saw her at 1 a.m. Thanksgiving morning. 
So by the time they reported her to the police, 19 hours had passed. 19 hours had passed. To me, that's a little bit weird. Now, and they also went out looking and they found some of her belongings in the area. And then they called the police, which then led to the discovery of the body. Oh, there's her cell phone. There's her bag. There's this, whatever. It's the small items. They know that it's hers. And, and then they just then decided to call the cops. I just, I don't know. Something about this to me is not quite adding up. Now, uh, the St. Peter's police did not say how she died, but that her death is being investigated as a homicide. Uh, at this point, I don't, there's really like no other way to do it, but let's dive in a little bit further. So the first notice of this came from her Facebook page, and it was posted by her dad, Tony Seltzer Sr. He says, hi, everyone. My name is Tony Seltzer Sr., and this is my daughter, Amethyst Killian. She's been missing since Wednesday night around 1 a.m. in the morning. So it would have been Thursday morning last time she was seen at uh, QT in Mid Rivers Mall Drive and 70. Please, if anyone has any information on the whereabouts of my daughter, please do not hesitate to get a hold of me or her mother, uh, Stacy Seltzer, or her fiance, Stephen Koch. Now, pay attention to that name, too. We'll talk about him here in a second. We miss her and we need her to come home. Her children need her. Amy, we love you. Please come home safe. I mean, it's a standard thing. I don't have a, you know, direct, this is a screenshot that I took from somebody else. So I don't know the exact timestamp of it. Um, but uh, the next morning, so a solid 26 hours after they reported her missing, he responds back. He posts on his own personal page. I promise on everything. If I find out somebody hurt my daughter in any way, I will find you. I will hunt you down like the scared little animal that you are and put you in a place where you belong. You will never see the light of day again or anyone you ever loved. So whoever has my daughter, please let her go so she can come back home to her family. Her two kids need their mommy. Her fiance needs her back home so she can be there for her kids and family and him. And we are all very worried about Amy Killian. If anyone has any information about the whereabouts of her, please contact me, her mom or her fiance. And I blocked out the numbers just for, uh, you, know, pers- you know, keep it no doxing. Uh, please, if anyone has seen her, knows where she is, please contact us. You don't have to give your name or anything. Uh, it can be strictly confidential. You can reach us also in our DM. Uh, I thank you. Please don't hesitate to share this with everyone who needs to see this and needs to get out there because this is the quickest and fastest way to get her back home to find out where she is. We are praying for her safe return and please say a prayer for us. And she was last seen at Quick Trip on mid Rivers Mall Drive. We haven't been able to see the video surveillance tapes yet, but we will soon. So don't think for one second you got away with anything, you sicko. And he posted some uh, pictures of his daughter that are right there. Now, I mean, obviously, you know, he's going full on Liam Neeson from Taken and I, oh man, like I'm right there with the guy, 100%. Uh, so uh, let's, uh, let, this is where, again, it gets a little bit weird. Okay. So according to CBS12.com, uh, they said, they reported on it, and they said that the St. Peter's Police Department discovered the body of Amethyst Killian 22, day, 22, one day after family members reported her missing. Investigators found a trail of her personal items, including her cell phone and clothing, near where they found her body in the woods behind her home. Now, to me, that's interesting, because I'm like, wait a minute here, hold on, you were walking 
you were walking home, you know, to the store one o'clock in the morning. That's what she said. And then they found a trail of her stuff and her body was out there behind the house one day later. Right. I just, I think to me, it's a little bit weird. I'm just being honest, a little bit weird. However, I did do a Google search because somebody had mentioned that she was an escort and I couldn't find any information on this. At first, I did find this report that she was in an accident May 6th, 2017 while driving an escort. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, what does this have to do with the price of tea in China? It's just because I'm trying to make sure that like information is accurate. And with there being an accusation of her being into sex work, I wanted to do my due diligence and, and you know, figure it out because there's been those claims that have been going around. And at first I didn't believe it because when I Googled it, I couldn't find anything. I tried finding the information itself, couldn't find it, but I did find this. This is just a bit of my own side investigation. However, no, there, there actually is a, a website that you can go and uh, review uh, Amethyst Killian on escortbabylon.net, I believe, um, where it's reviews and reports of um, sex workers. And she's located in St. Louis. And uh, looking further into everything, it, it appears to be her, uh, 100%. And so she has been active as a sex worker in the St. Louis area uh, for quite some time, it appears like. At least during 2020, during the pandemic, she's 22 years old. She has two kids. Recently, she discovered she was pregnant with a third. And so it becomes more interesting because even one of the reviews here, uh, talks about this. And the reason why this is important is because he says, we did a car date. When I arrived to the address she sent to meet me at, she came out within minutes. She called me as she got outside and then came and got into my car. All right. And then they went and they did whatever they were going to go do. But looking into her reviews, the ones I was able to see, at least she did specifically out calls in cars. So she met her Johns, her clients, her customers in their vehicle. She would sneak out of her house, my speculation, and go and meet these men uh, in their car. And then she would do whatever they were going to do. She'd get their money and she'd go back, back inside her house. She probably thought that it would be safer doing it in her neighborhood because she could be then close to home and no one would suspect that she was up to it. Again, my own personal speculation. However, that's not what happened. She's, she's unfortunately now deceased and, you know, young woman, 22, she's, she's very attractive. Two kids, one on the way, you know, what happened? Well, again, people are always speculating. People are always talking about this. And this is where, this is where the, the fiance comes in, Stephen Koch. Now, again, I'm not entirely too sure if the context here is 100% on point. But looking into this dude's Facebook page, his public posts going back a number of years, it appears that Stephen was aware of her escorting of her sex work, and he didn't approve. Uh, he says here, January 14th, 2017, when your bitch is a whore who has had over 1000 partners for cash before she's even 25, I don't think they call it winning. Now, I don't quite know, again what the context of that is, but looking at what we know about her working in the industry, it does seem to line up. 
he clearly wasn't supportive of her in that environment. Now the question then becomes, did that have anything to do with her disappearance and her ultimate demise? I don't know. Again, a lot of people are thinking that it's, that it's the boyfriend, that it's a fiance. And again, at this point, we can't make any declaration. It's all specul speculation, no accusations. But what we have here is a young mother who left her house to say she was going to the convenience store, five months pregnant, 1 a.m. Thanksgiving morning. From there, she goes missing. And it wasn't until 8 p.m. the next night, 19 hours later, that her family decided to contact the police. And her body was discovered not far from their house. I'm just saying something about this doesn't sit right with me personally. But I don't know. We're going to have to wait to see what the investigation uncovers and if a killer is brought to justice. And I hope, really hope, that they find them sooner rather than later. But as always, this is a weird one and your speculation is as good as mine. So definitely let me know. And finally today, guys, this is, this is one that if you have followed cold cases or just weird murders, uh, this story is three years old, but it's getting a, a bit of an update. And it's fascinating than the least. So what we have here is Barry Sherman, a, a Canadian drug company billionaire, and his wife, dead, three years ago. And now the police, who first tried arguing that it was a murder-suicide, by the way, are now saying we have numerous persons of interest, and they've identified them. So let's find out more. Toronto police say that they have identified numerous persons of interest in the killing of a Canadian company billionaire and his wife nearly three years ago. Detective Sergeant Brandon Price issued a brief clarification to reporters Friday after reports that the police had found a single person of interest in the case of Apotex founder Barry Sherman and his wife Honey. The elderly couple was found dead in their Toronto mansion, hanging by belts from a railing that surrounded their indoor pool December 15th, 2017. So it's been nearly three years. He says here, numerous persons of interest have been and continue to be investigated throughout the course of this three-year investigation. The goal of any investigation is to identify the persons who may have been involved in an offense or to exclude them as suspects. And he didn't identify anybody. Now, and this is where it gets crazy because it, it does say here the final, the final paragraph. This is the whole article, by the way. Shortly after their bodies were found, some police officials described the deaths as murder-suicide but the Sherman's children believe that they were murdered and hired a team of investigators who conducted second autopsies. Police later said that they suspected homicide. And if you know anything about how, how they died, no, no one would, would sit there and say, nah, this was a murder-suicide. No one. So let's, let's look at the Wikipedia breakdown of it. It's a bit long, but I think it's valuable if you are interested in this sort of thing. So and I'll, I'll rush through what I can. So in 2017, the Shermans wanted to sell their longtime home in North York, and they wanted to move to a new one that they were building in Forest Hill closer to downtown Toronto. Again, billionaires, right? Billionaires. But here's the thing to remember about this, too. Apotex uh, was more or less a generic, generic drug company. The idea there is that Bill Sherman pissed off a lot of people by coming in and undercutting pharmaceutical companies to create generic versions of them which will ultimately yield 
greater profits for him and lower profits for them. That is something that for some reason does not get brought up enough in this conversation, in my personal opinion. So they were getting ready to sell the house. All right. Uh, now, construction of the new house and Sherman's ultimately successful effort to recover legal fees from the winters uh, preoccupied the couple later that year. They put the North York home on the market asking for 7 million Canadian. And at the end of November, this is 2017, even though the construction had not started on the Forest Hill home. Uh, on December 12th, Honey missed a meeting of the Baycrest Center Foundation board without notifying them beforehand, which was unusual. When reached by email, she said that she was dealing with some stuff. No explanation. And this could be what they're talking about in regards to the murder-suicide thing. But again, I just think it's moving, end-of-the-year holiday stuff, if you want my honest opinion. Now, the next day, the couple met at the Apotex headquarters late in the afternoon, where they went over some design changes to the new house. Honey was planning to leave for a holiday vacation in Miami a couple days later, and Barry was going to join her in a week. That was the last time they were seen alive. So they were prepping to go out of town. They hadn't uh, finished building the new house yet. It was the holidays. They're, you know, I mean, there's a lot going on. A lot going on here. So later that evening, when uh, Sherman uh, you know, was home, he sent his staff an email about a drug the company was developing, but he didn't call anybody and they thought that was weird because he suffers from insomnia. But the next day, he did not show up at Apotex, and this was out of the ordinary for him. The next morning, December 15th, neither Barry nor Honey was expected to be at home in the morning. The cleaning staff had let themselves in. When a pair of real estate agents arrived around mid-morning with a couple interested in the property. After showing them around the main story, the agents took the couple downstairs to the lap pool and the hot tub. And this is where they discovered the bodies on the floor next to the pool. Both of their necks were tied with leather belts to a metal railing slightly over a meter high. Barry was seated with his legs crossed on the pool deck. Honey was on her side with a bruise on the face. Colts were pulled over their shoulders, restraining their arms, and they were facing away from the water, fully clothed. So just look at that description for a second. Their coats were pulled down over their shoulders, restraining their arms. And they were facing away from the water and fully clothed, but it was a murder-suicide. Like Canadian cops were smart. Now, however, on the second anniversary of the case of 2019, the Toronto Star reported that the positions of the bodies were found in nearly matched of those from two 1970s-era junk sculptures of human figures posed sitting on speakers in the basement. So it appeared that the bodies were posed looking like statues that were already in the house which is just weird. Barry's right leg was crossed over his left, just like one. Um, however, Honey's legs were not in front of her as those on the corresponding sculpture had been. So it's, it's a weird thing, but it's in here. Uh, the star also reported that Honey's cell phone was found in a bathroom and that according to friends, she never used it, suggesting she might have gone in there in an attempt to summon help, but was overpowered in the process. Similarly, Barry's gloves, as well as paperwork related to an inspection of the house, were left on the floor just outside the garage door on the way to the basement pool. A window had been left open to allow a recently painted room to air out, and a basement door was unlocked, as apparently the Shermans frequently left it. Someone who may have known this, as well as the interior layout of the house, may have been able to escape through a neighboring backyard after the crime, according to police. So that's the thing. That's the craziness with this whole story. 
these two people, mysteriously dead police, finally suspected homicide. I think anyone who read this story right off the bat, I looked at it three years ago when it happened. I'm like, hey, man, you got a drug company billionaire, generic drug company billionaire. Him and his wife mysteriously die in a very interesting way. You know, and here's the thing. How could somebody have found out about all this information? Well, if they were getting ready to sell the house, they had crews there. Somebody scoped it out. Somebody figured it out. Somebody was able to get in, get out, had to lay in the land. This was a hit. In my mind, in my opinion, it's a hit. As always, I'm curious to know what you guys have to say about this, but I'm really hoping they solve this. I'm hoping that the investigators that the kids hired are able to prove wrongdoing, are able to find a suspect, and are able to bring them to justice. In the meantime, this is just going to go down as one of Canada's weirdest mysteries. And of course, I always want to hear what you guys have to say about this over on the Facebook group. And that actually wraps up today's episode of Milk Carton Mysteries. This is a lot to get through. Uh, Crazy stuff that's going on with Alexis Sharkey's murder, with Amethyst Killian's murder. Is it tied to to her business as as an escort? Uh, Is it it tied to anything? Is, you know, Barry and and Honey, uh, you know, Shirley, are, are they, you know, murdered by a hitman? Like, what's going on here? As always, this is very interesting stuff to talk about which you guys can totally do over on facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the milk card. If you are listening to this on iTunes or Google podcast or Spotify or whatever, uh, please leave a, a, a review as well as uh, subscribe to the podcast. It really does help out. And if you are listening to this on YouTube, please leave a like and leave a comment. Want to hear your thoughts and your opinions. All right, everyone. I will talk to you all later. Have yourself a great day. Don't kill anyone. Please. <laughs> And uh, happy holidays. All right. Peace out.